0: This is the Photo Experiment Podcast,
1: brought to you by X. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from PhotobizX, and welcome to this episode of the Photography Experiment Podcast. This is episode 26, and yes, it has been a little while since I've released an episode on the Photography Experiment channel, but I had to do it when I heard about today's two guests. I'm talking about Scott and Eric from Imagely. Now, if you're anything like me and you sell your photography using a third party service, for me, I use Pixie Set. You might use Shootproof, Smug Mug, Zenfolio, Pick Time, or, or something else entirely. But whatever service you use, there's a good chance you're paying for it. And not only that, you're taking people, visitors, clients off your website and onto someone else's platform. Well, When I heard about Imagely and what they've just released, which is a WordPress plugin, which allows you to sell directly from your WordPress website, which is very cool. I love the idea of that already, but they've also introduced print fulfillment directly from your WordPress website. Admittedly, this is only available, or that part of the plugin is only available in Canada and the US at this stage, but I'm told by the guys that it will be going worldwide as things develop. With this new service. Now, in addition to the next gen plugin and how all that works, we talk about business, we talk about turnkey website solutions, and we get into a bunch of stuff about running a successful photography business. Because this is the Photography Experiment Podcast, this episode, this format, this style of interview, I was going to say does stray from what I normally do, but <laughs> there really is no normal with the Photography Experiment Podcast. So, Have a listen to the interview. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this approach, this style of interview. Do you like hearing about products and services that will help you with your business? If so, would you rather hear these kinds of interviews on the Photo Biz Exposed podcast feed in addition to the regular interviews? So I'm not going to take anything away from what I normally do there. Or do you like to have them sitting here on the Photography Experiment feed? Let me know your thoughts. You leave a comment in the show notes for today's episode and that's where i've got all the links for anything and everything that scott and eric mentioned you can find them at photobizx.com forward slash tpx26 and if you are hearing this episode as it goes live in november 2019 you'll be happy to know that it is the month of black friday which means massive sales so check out the links in today's episode particularly if you love the sound of some of the things that Scott and Eric talk about in today's episode. That's enough from me. Let's get into this. I'll talk to you on the other side of the interview. This is the Photography Experiment Podcast, episode 26. And today, I've got not one, but two guests from Imagely, the WordPress photography people. Eric Danzer, who is the man behind the scenes at Imagely, his focus is on ensuring Imagely gives back to the photography community through the Imagely Fund and other initiatives. And I've got Scott Wyden kivovitz who was interviewed for episode 274 of the PhotoBizX podcast. Scott is the chief community officer at Imagely. He's a father, a blogger, a photographer, and an educator. And he's also the author of multiple photography books and often educates photographers about WordPress. By blogging and YouTube. I've asked both guys onto the podcast after reading about a couple of things they have been working on for photographers. The biggest one automated lab fulfillment to photography websites on WordPress and a brand new photography website solution. My first thought was is this the end of services like Pixie Set, Pick Time, and Shoot Proof? I am keen to learn more. Scott, Eric, (laughs) welcome to the podcast.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Hi, Andrew. Thank you. You It's funny. It's so funny because, you know, when we first started talking about lab integration for WordPress, I did not think that it was going to be something that will take down the competition that's (laughs) non-WordPress. Yet, you're not the first person to make that comment, whether it's sincere, whether it's, you know, just hypothetical you know, you're not the first person to make that comment in a way it makes us feel good when we hear it, but yeah, it's actually a really good question.
1: <laughs> and look, I'm going to ask you the question because I mean, really as a photographer, as a working photographer, and I know my listeners, we all, or a lot of us use services like PickTime, Pixieset, pixie Set, yeah. shoot Proof, And I, for one, I hate having extra things. <laughs> if I can have everything running off my website, I'm all for it. So maybe can one of you guys touch on what it is that you guys have put together?
2: Mind if I hop in, Scott? Go for it. Yeah. So the solution is pretty familiar to anybody in the photography industry. It's been around for ages. Automated print fulfillment. It's not a not a new thing, right? But it just hasn't been available on WordPress. And uh, you know, it's probably it's worth pausing for a minute, and just recognizing how unusual that is. And WordPress is a really popular website platform. It's you know, depending on how yes made it maybe. 30% of the web or 35% of the web. And most photographers, you know, have a WordPress website in this day and age. Not all, but it's pretty common. Either there's a main site or a blog or something like that. So, and for a variety of reasons, just that type of service hasn't been available on WordPress. I think a lot of the difficulty is just uh, WordPress is remote. It's different from, like Pixie said, or a, a shootproof where you, you, know, you create an account, you upload images to that account, and that company controls the whole technological stack top to bottom. So, you know, print sales actually take place on their servers. Um, that's a different situation from WordPress, where you know you have you know, we have nine hundred thousand people using various products of ours, and they're installed in thousands of different hosting environments all over the world. We can't control any of those hosting environments. We don't know you know anything about their architecture or how they've got WordPress configured, and you somehow have to create a solution that works across this really unusual, diverse remote distributed ecosystem. But yeah, that's in any case, that's what it is. It's, it's just a, you know, a solution where photographers can sell prints, have those prints automatically shipped to customers. Our first lab we integrated with, which is WHCC, which I assume most of your listeners are very familiar with. It's a US lab based here. And yeah, we're pretty excited about it at this point. So I think it's a fairly new thing. Um, well, I know it's a new thing in the WordPress environment. And uh, I think you know, you've raised that question uh, about, how this interacts with some of the existing solutions, that, that would be something that would be... I mean, I, I'd love to come back around to that at some point because it is an interesting topic.
1: For sure. Scott, one of the things that I know photographers and my listeners are doing is using other services like, you know, PicTime and PixieSet to actually supply digital files as well. So is this something that you guys have worked on or is it only for print fulfillment?
0: No, we definitely... In fact, for the past, I would say... Three years, it has done manual print sales, so self-fulfilled prints, and also digital downloads, whether you want to sell the digital downloads, make them free, you can do a mixture of free and paid. For example, you could do um, what I do personally in my own photography business is I have up to 1,000 pixels is free. And I say it's the Facebook size. And then if they want to buy a higher size, let's say 1,600 pixels at the longest or 2,000 the longest, then I add a price on to that. So you can do digital downloads and they're secured. You could watermark the images for display purposes, like in the proofing gallery or a sales gallery, and then have the watermark lists, the original, you know, create the digital download. So yeah, it works well.
1: Awesome, and Eric, you mentioned that at the moment it's with WHCC, which is US based. Is there a view to expanding that and having labs in, you know, Canada, the UK, Australia?
2: Yeah, especially international labs. We just released this, and the
1: downer for those outside, you know, US
2: and Canada is that we only ship to US and Canada. Um, WHCC can technically ship international. But they don't provide shipping estimates, and so we couldn't forward those shipping estimates on to photographers when they're, you know, having visitors check out. So they can't pass on the charges, and it creates a risk that you know they lose money on just the shipping charges. Shipping charges, you know, so someone's buying a big canvas, it can get pretty pricey if you're going to ship from the U.S. Mm -hmm. to Europe or Australia, right? Sure. You know, I think actually the addition of uh, international apps is probably one of the most pressing things on the list. Uh, we need to have, you know, I'd say only about half our user base is in the U.S. So this is a solution at the moment for half our user base and not the other half. U.S. and so, Canada, actually, right now. Yeah, U.S. and Canada. White House wall. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I just want to say too, this will save us from being too promotional about it. I'm excited about it. And you were mentioning, you know, what's the probability or possibility that this could compete with or replace some of the other ones? It's worth noting those have been around for a long time. They're very mature solutions. I'm excited about what we've done, but just that fact that we don't have international labs and can't ship internationally you know, suggests that uh, as big a step as this is, like there's still a long way to go to get WordPress up to speed with the rest of the photography website ecos, you know, uh, universe.
1: Yeah, sure. So can you just touch on how this works? So I know for me, I mean, I would love to be selling or supplying files directly from my website. So I am using a a third party service. And I think one of the benefits of that is I don't have to host those images, my images on my own server because it gets too expensive. It slows down the website. Everything gets very clunky. How does this work with you guys? Are our images sitting on our servers or on yours?
0: Yeah. So I'll take that one. Basically, you are hosting your own images. So you do have to think about storage as one of the factors in the equation. Most hosts do have either, it's sort of like a 50-50 mix. There's hosts that have no storage caps and there's hosts that have a specific storage cap. But pretty much, even if you have a storage cap, you can get up high enough that you really won't have to think about it for a long time. We're not saying to use like what a lot of people do with SmugMug accounts, for example, is we're not saying use your website as a backup solution, right? You're not uploading every single image that you've ever photographed. You're uploading the stuff you want to sell. And then if you're doing a client job, let's say you do a wedding and then a year later, you take it down. You don't need to sell it again after a year. And you can always put it back up again if your client, for whatever reason, wants to order more prints. So as far as storage goes, yes, that is a factor. But the idea of it slowing down your site is actually a myth when it comes to our product, at least. It may not be for other products out there, but... someone's going to
2: comment on that one too. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we've done a lot of performance things. Our plugin is extremely fast. In fact, we've more recently done pretty intensive data-driven speed tests. And it's actually the fastest gallery plugin for WordPress right now. With that said... The images that you're uploading to sell are not bogging down your site at all. It's not going to slow you down your site in any way, shape or form. The way that our plugin works is you upload your original and then it resizes a version, a copy of the image for front end display purposes. So it's uh, smaller, right? Mm -hmm. And then with e-commerce, it's actually selling the digital downloads and the prints based on the original backed up version that's also secured, can't be accessed from anybody. So the part that is important for sales purposes is the full resolution. The part that's important for the front end display purposes is, you know, smaller, fast loading images.
1: Got it. Okay, great. So it's not going to slow down my website, but I do have to have space for my high res files. Yes.
2: Yeah, you will. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's a hosting storage question. You know that you have to deal with in terms of how much storage your host will allow. But in terms of the performance things, I don't think there's too much of a concern there. But you know, if you bump up against your hosting company storage limitations, then you'd have to figure out what to do there. Do you trim them down, or replace images, or upgrade your hosting, or any other way you might might approach dealing with that.
1: That's the same with the other services out there anyway. I mean, I have a certain number of jobs that I can have uploaded and, and when my storage is used up, I've got to take something off or I've got to pay for more storage. So th- that's the same thing, isn't
2: it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Pixie Set has a plan like that. I think Pass has a plan like that where you're limited
2: to the amount of sessions. So yeah, you know, the way I would actually think about it is um, we're using different terminology because we're talking about two different ecosystems. So in WordPress, you think of a hosting company and you install WordPress and you kind of run your site there. But PixieSet Set is a hosting company, ultimately, right? And uh, like any hosting company, PixieSet, Set, or I call it Pixie Set because we were chatting about them, but same with SmugMug or Shootproof or Zenfolio, they're hosting companies. You know, you upload files in all cases, just like any hosting company. They tend to scale their prices based on how much storage or bandwidth you use. And so, in essence, if you're, you know, you're, if you're thinking about what it means to swap between one or the other, you're kind of swapping one hosting company with some storage related pricing with another hosting company with some storage related pricing. And then it becomes more of a question of, you know, how do those numbers compare? How much storage do you get for, you know, a certain price point and, you know, questions like that, I think.
1: Sure. Okay. Let's say I've got the Imagely plugin on my site and I'm now hosting my own files for sale for my portrait clients. And I do a shoot, everything's uploaded. I've got my pricing all set up and we can go into how that happens. And I send my clients to my website to view their images or to make a purchase. Is that going to help my on-site SEO? Is that going to help things as far as SEO and time spent on my website? Are they on my domain? That's what I'm asking, I guess.
0: Yes, they are on your on your website. Will it help SEO? depends on uh, one really important thing in WordPress is are you password protecting that page? Are you allowing that page to be found by search engines or are you not? If it's a wedding gallery, you're less likely to have that public, but you might, you might have it public. If it's a boudoir gallery, you're most likely not going to have that public. If it's a, you know, just a headshot gallery, maybe it'll be public. So it really depends. It depends on, um, basically that. Is it publicly accessible or not? If it is, then yes, it can help your SEO because it's going to be indexed. You're going to have images that potentially have good, uh, alt text in it. You good file names potentially, if that's your goal, uh, potentially linked to, right? It could be linked to from your clients. It could be linked to, especially if it's a commercial job, the chance of it being linked from a client is quite high then at that point. But that's really the big factor if it's good for SEO or not.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's say I come back from a shoot and Eric, feel free to take this one. I come back from a shoot, I've uploaded my files. I'm ready to show my client or have them go and purchase. What do I give them? Do I give them a URL and where do they land? Do they land on my website on a splash page? Do they go straight to the gallery?
2: Yeah, in most cases, the way it's going to work in this is, um, I'm assuming here most of your listeners are pretty tech savvy and generally familiar with, you know, how WordPress might work. You know, you have posts and pages. Sure. Uh, so you would just create a, a normal WordPress page, um, and the plugin allows you to add galleries to any post or page. Whether you're blogging about it or putting up a page about it, you know, you would just add the gallery, and you, as you add that gallery, you can enable e-commerce or not enable e-commerce depending on what you'd want to do. And then once you've created that blog post or that page with the gallery on it, you have a normal URL, just like any other WordPress post or page that you can share. You know, as Scott noted, you can password protect a page like that, or you can distribute it so it's publicly accessible. And then it's just a WordPress, you know, page or post with a gallery, you know, you click through and all the e-commerce can operate naturally, you know, from that page or post.
1: Okay. And do I get notified as the photographer, as the site owner, that the client has been on the page and they've accessed the gallery? Do I know they've actually been there to have a look?
2: No. I mean, you can see, I suppose, in your you know analytics, assuming they're set up, you can see you know, generalized traffic data. But I don't, and unless you install something, and Scott may know better about that if there's some kind of... WordPress plugin that would allow you to track that sort of thing. Obviously, if it's password protected, you might be able to know, because I think you can track how many times something like that is open. But otherwise, I think in most cases, for most users, the way most WordPress websites are set up, you'd have generalized analytics data about that page, how much traffic it's getting, but not, uh, you know, say whether a particular individual client is one of those visitors. Okay.
0: Yeah. So that kind of goes along with what Eric was saying earlier, where while this is a big deal, we do have a lot more to go, right? Because beyond just labs, there's things like that, which a lot of the SaaS offerings like SmugMug and ShoeProof, they have tools like that that give you this sort of on-page analytics for the photographer. So it's something that we could do. In the meantime, though, you could, like what Eric said, install a plugin, like a a logging plugin, which will tell you what people are doing on your site, or you can just look at your Google Analytics.
1: Cool. What's SaaS?
0: Software as a service. So a ShoeProof or a Pixie Set is a software as a service. Even uh, Squarespace is a SaaS platform.
2: Right. Okay. Usually the big distinction there from a business model perspective is just, you know, there's some kinds of software, you know, say you go and you buy some software for your Mac or Windows machine, you might pay one time, then you kind of use that, but it's not a recurring subscription and your access to some service or to the use of that software isn't required. Actually, Adobe is a great example, like the, the model they have now is more software as a service compared to uh, the old model a decade ago where you would, you know, you go lay down a big chunk of change for some Adobe software and you might run it for 10 years before you, you know, have to pay Adobe for anything again. Yes. So software as a service where, you, you know, you're paying some subscription to get access to software. And if you stop that subscription, you typically lose access to that, that uh, software. It's a... Typically for business models and software and web space, it's considered a, you know, a stronger, more scalable business model. So
1: cool. Scott, this one I think is probably more aimed towards you. Is this really for photographers that are doing online sales or does this work for photographers doing in-person sales as well?
0: So it's definitely more for photographers doing online sales. It can be used for in-person, but it's not really tuned for it, but it can. Especially, I think especially compared to some of the dedicated solutions that exist for that. Yeah. 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 But you can, for example, uh, because we do purchases sort of how uh, pixie set does where there's a light box and then you can add to the cart within the light box. We do the same thing. So really you could, you know, screen share your, your computer to uh, a big screen and then go through the images and they can add to the cart right then and there, right on your site. And you could even give them a coupon code to use for ordering right in person versus doing it on their own. So you can use it. It's just not designed like Swift galleries, you know, but...
1: Okay, sure. So it's really used for the online sales. That's what it's designed for. Yeah. And so can I have different price lists or price structures for different clients?
0: Without a doubt. Yep.
1: That's good. (laughs) That's really important.
0: (laughs) In fact, just to dig a little bit deeper on that briefly, we can actually fine tune it. So you can make a price list for a specific gallery. But if let's say... There's one image for some reason you want that to be priced differently or not make this one image for sale. You can fine tune it per image beyond just the overall price list for our gallery.
1: Okay. So it's super customizable.
0: Yes. Without
2: a doubt.
1: Nice. Nice. Who do you see using this mostly? Is this wedding and portrait photographers?
2: Eric? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we've tried to build something that has some diversity of appeal but, uh, you know, I think if you just go out and look around the, you know, the photography industry and you say, you know, which genre of photography is generating the most traffic in terms of print sales, it's mostly you know, portrait and wedding type business models that do that. You do get some others you know, you have landscape photographers out there who are selling, you know, prints and fine art prints. And I think this type of solution will work quite well for that audience as well. But I think when we started out building this, you know, we definitely had in mind that we were building, you know, more for the wedding and portraits, as much for the wedding and portrait space as anybody. Scott, you're welcome to qualify that, Scott. If you have extra thoughts on it,
0: uh, no, I agree. I only asked you to answer because I had to take a drink of water
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, what about for the you know the listener in the uk or australia they're thinking oh man i would love this right now but there's no lab in our country do you want them sending you suggestions for labs or are you guys already looking at that kind of thing
0: in fact um funny thing is we have comments on the blog post for our announcement and multiple people in australia have asked us to add australian labs so i'm going to ask you andrew
1: what lab do you use well, I actually use Pixel Perfect in Sydney, but I know there's a big Adelaide lab called Atkins Pro Lab, which is very popular amongst Aussie portrait and wedding photographers. Awesome. So, yeah, they would be the first two that I would look at in Australia. That's good. And I'm sure the, the UK listeners have their own views as well.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. We've already gotten a small outpouring of um, lab. Rec- <laughs> <It's> perfect. <laughs> I can crazy. imagine. So, you know, and we'll, there's a technical side to deciding which labs you integrate with, you know, what their APIs look like and how easy they are to integrate with. But There's also a demand side in terms of, you know, in most regions globally, you can usually narrow it down to say three, four labs or less that are the really big competitive, most popular labs in any geographic region. So no, one of those top labs in any area is what we'll end up uh, integrating with for each region. So I guess my point there is you can pretty quickly narrow it down and then it just becomes a, a question of whether there's a preference for one of those top labs, a strong preference in your user base for one of those labs, or whether one of those labs is somehow you know dramatically easier to integrate with.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. For you guys at your end. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just on the technical side. Yeah. Right. So if the photographer listening loves the idea of hosting their own images like right now, and they do online sales, but don't need to do any printing, they could use this as a solution right now. Yeah. Yes. For digital fulfillment.
2: Yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, with our e-commerce solution has been out for a couple of years and you know it works reasonably well. It does both digital downloads and then basically manual fulfillment. So... And a lot of our users will probably still use manual fulfillment because they do want to do particular things to their images before they ship them out. And so they sell prints and you can create what we'd call a manual priceless item with quite specific manual items that you're selling and whatever the price point is for those. And you can sell those. And then you know when that order comes in, and this is how our e-commerce system has worked, it's kind of old school in some sense in the past. But you, know, you get that order and you, you, you have the list of prints associated with it. And you'd have to know just manually fulfill it so you know manual fulfillment and digital download sales uh, we've been doing that for quite a while so the big change here is just the addition of print lab
1: okay so does that mean people that already that had the plugin originally can already do the stuff that we're talking about and this will be an addition correct yep yeah, exactly okay so what about the listener that hasn't been exposed to the plug at all what do they have to do to get it how do they get started sure can take that one scott
0: sure Um, Yeah, so to get it, they would just go to Imagely.com and they could buy the plan that we call Imagely Pro, which comes with all of our themes, all of our plugins, and also our Lightroom plugin. So they can easily send from Adobe Lightroom right to their gallery, right to their website. And then the NextGen Pro, which is where the lab integration is inside of the plugin and it's called NextGen Pro, is a premium add-on to our free plugin, which is called NextGen Gallery. And so basically they would install NextGen Gallery from the WordPress directory, install the NextGen Pro, which they purchase in their package, and they could even install the Lightroom plugin if they want to send from Lightroom. And it's actually syncing from Lightroom, by the way, it's not just sending to its its uh, publishing service. So they can create a collection in Lightroom that becomes a gallery in Nextgen Gallery. And then basically we have a wizard that will walk them through setting up the not only NextGen Gallery, but also the e-commerce and lab integration component. And in a couple of minutes, you'd be set up and you can start creating or adding your galleries, uploading your galleries and adding to pages and selling. And it's pretty fast. And you have your choice of accepting payments as Stripe, PayPal, or a check right now. Those are the three gateway options.
1: Okay. That's easy enough. But just, you lost me there one little bit there. Scott. So let's say I don't have an Imagely website. Mm-hmm. I'm running my own website. Can I still run the NextGen Pro plugin? Yes. Can
2: yes. I Next jump in on that one, Scott, actually? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, it's just, you know, let's make a distinction, which I think we take for granted, but just to make sure it's, you know, it's clear for you or anybody else who happens to be listening. You know, by far, hands down, the most popular thing that we make is a plugin called NextGen Gallery. And that's actually totally free. If you're running your own WordPress website, you just go to the plugins page and you search for gallery. It'll show up at the top and you click install and
1: activate. I'm using this
2: plugin on my photography website. I love it. No. Great. That's great. Yeah. And so, yeah, and that one, people, you know, and I think one point that's worth making here is, you know, websites aren't just about e-commerce. They're about lots of things here. So, and this also gives people kind of an entry point to just play with galleries, right? And see what the software looks like and what the UI looks like. So you can, you know, spin up some galleries and you can display galleries. Basically with NextGen, you can display the galleries, but you'll, you know, we sell essentially premium extensions that'll add some fancier gallery displays and some social sharing and some fancier light boxes and, you know, all of the e-commerce and proofing stuff that all gets added via premium. But the court gallery, uh, and that, that's a very, that's by far the most popular gallery plugin on the WordPress repository. Yeah, it's massively popular and it has been since 2007-ish. So in any case, so you could start with that if someone wanted to just try it out a little bit. And then, you know, to get the e-commerce component, if you want that, you would go to Imagely and you buy a second plugin, basically. That's called NextGen Pro. That's an extension of NextGen Gallery. And you would install that alongside of NextGen Gallery. And once NextGen Pro is active, it adds a bunch of e-commerce functionality. And if you do get that far, by far the easiest thing to do is just pop open the wizard. There's a big prominent button to launch an e-commerce wizard. And then in a couple of minutes it'll walk you through setting up a price list, configuring a payment gateway, adding a gallery, enabling e-commerce and getting it displayed on a page so you can you can go from zero to fully functional e-commerce gallery in you know maybe 2 or 3 minutes.
1: Well, that's awesome. That's so good. All right. So that's NextGen Pro. So what was Scott talking about with Imagely? They're they're different. Are they themes for WordPress?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Imagely is kind of like a, you know, think of it like a broader company brand, right? We kind of sell a few different things. And one of those is uh, NextGen Gallery. So the name of the actual gallery plugin, if you're going to install Imagely's gallery plugins, NextGen Gallery and NextGen Pro, if you want an extension, right? And then, you know, Imagely also sells WordPress themes. So if people want themes, and the one thing we kind of had mentioned at one point is we also have a, that turnkey website a solution just about coming out of the pipeline. You know, once that's out, like it starts to behave a lot like, you know, a Pixie Set or a smug Mug or an infolio where you could go to Imagely and you create an account and boop, you'd get an instant website. And that website would have all the e-commerce stuff already installed. So now you just upload images to that website and it would all be managed within the Imagely ecosystem, but that's a different thing. So in essence in a WordPress thing, the imagely turnkey sites is us you know having a kind of direct competitive solution to shoot proofers and folio where it's an actual website at Imagely. But we also have to support the broader distributed WordPress ecosystem. You know, thousands of people or millions, I guess, who are all running their own websites on their own servers. So we have products that you can take and install on your own server. And pretty soon we'll have one where you can just come in. If you want the hassle-free version, just set up a website and start loading content.
0: I like to say that it's like a la carte versus turnkey.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to think of it. Okay. (laughs) Just so I'm clear, I'm sure the listener will be too, for the established Photographer that's already in business with a WordPress website—they're happy with their website. They would go for the next-gen Pro plugin, and they could start selling images via their own website instead of having a third-party company manage their their e-commerce. Correct.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And by the way, I have to say this—you mentioned this at the very beginning. This is this funny thing here where. We know so many photographers who basically run two websites, you know, they'll have like a main site or a blog on WordPress and then they'll run client galleries off of a non WordPress service, like of the type that we've been talking about here. So to the extent that this release poses a challenge to the pixie sets and smug mugs and shoot proofs of the world, the main reason is that most photographers already have a WordPress website. They install this and they can just run client galleries, including print sales off that existing WordPress website with NextGen pro. Right. And so technically speaking, you don't, at that point, need if you want to, you can consolidate on WordPress and just you don't need like a separate client gallery solution,
1: right? That's the most exciting part for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think
2: that's the that's the point of the whole offering. I think in a nutshell, and to the extent, in some sense, it's I think it's one of the few things we've worked on as a company that's um, you know potentially like industry disrupting in that way that tech people always like to talk about. And it's a big deal for the WordPress environment, but I think it's as big a deal, I think, for the photography environment, just because of that thing that I just said, which is you have this huge ecosystem with, you know, reasonably big sized companies that are dedicated to produce basically, um, allowing photographers to create, you know, client gallery websites, right? Mm -hmm. But most cases, because of the SEO advantages and design advantage and other things, a lot of those people also want WordPress. So everyone's out here running like two websites, right? So to the extent that you don't want to, you wouldn't have to do that anymore.
1: No way! No. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> the less the better. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. yeah, So, Scott, what about price?
0: Yeah. So to get started with the plan that I just called a la carte to get the plugin with lab integration and the Lightroom plugin and all of our themes really are all bundled into that one sales package. It's uh, the Imagely Pro package is one hundred and forty nine dollars a year, and we also actually uh, I don't know how long it's going to last, but we have a lifetime version that you can pay once and never pay again. Wow. Um, <laughs> It may not be there forever, but it's there now. And uh, what do we price that at? It's, um, I have to double check.
1: I think it's, it's 4 dollars I'm yeah. looking at the page right uh,
0: there. You now. Go.
2: So I don't uh, know if you do this sort of thing, Andrew, but if you want, well, will for people who wander into your podcast, you ever like do like, you know, custom discounts or anything like that?
1: Sure. Yeah. You bet. If I can look after a list now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to, we'll work something up that's like you specific that kind of bundles in some kind of a, Big discount, and you can share it with the people who kind of tour through here. So fantastic!
1: That will be awesome. That very generous. Thanks, guys. Look, I want to ask you about the Turnkey websites because I guess that's really aimed at the brand new photographer. Is that what it's or who it's aimed at for someone just coming into photography as a business?
0: I would say it's one of two things: either somebody who's brand new, or somebody who might be coming from something like a Squarespace that recognizes the value of using WordPress that wants. To have a WordPress site, maybe they used to, but they don't want to worry about the maintenance that comes with it, the theme updates, the plugin updates, the possible security issues, all this kind of stuff they don't want to worry about because that is stuff that we will be taking care of. We are already. I mean, we have um, imagery Sites has been in beta for a while now. So we have a bunch of, a good amount of uh, photography websites we've been hosting for a very long time. And we handle all that so that the photographer doesn't have to think about it. All I have to do is have a website.
1: Okay. So one of the biggest things I hear that people change from Squarespace to WordPress is for SEO. So how will that work with you guys?
0: Uh, so the URLs uh, coming from Squarespace is quite complicated. I have a whole blog post about it that I can send you the link to. Okay. Because we migrated Tamerlacky. you about the migration
2: process? Yeah. Yeah. The migration process? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: When we migrated Tamerlacky, it was the first time and I, we migrated, I think three of our sites were Squarespace. We had to do all that manually. There's no automated way to do it. And There's a bunch of trickiness between URL differences, how images are handled at Squarespace. I did a whole blog post about this, which I can send you the link to if you want to share that as well. Absolutely. I'll make myself a note as soon as I stop talking. Um, (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) uh, there will be uh, some differences. We, I don't think right off the bat, we're going to have a service to migrate from Squarespace. Maybe one day we will. I don't, I don't know because it really is complicated. It's a good idea. Yeah. They don't make it easy. And there's always complications and there might be URLs that won't match up. So there might be a Google indexing issue for some period of time before Google re-indexes the new site structure.
2: Right. I mean, I'd just add an extra note. I think once you are migrated and I don't know, you know, nature of your question, what you might be asking about, but for me, your question about SEO gets to the question of whether the services were doing it. I think WordPress has some, you know, widely accepted SEO advantages over a lot of other platforms. It's one of the reasons it's popular. So what are those SEO advantages, to the extent that they exist for WordPress, and we could have a secondary big discussion about that whole question, but to the extent that WordPress has SEO advantages, then yes, the Imagely platform inherits those because it's just WordPress, right?
1: Okay. So I guess the question I was aiming at was, okay, at the moment I'm running, say a a Yoast plugin on my WordPress site. So do I install those sort of things on an Imagely site or do you guys look after all that?
0: We do. We actually, it's already installed, set up. We pre-configure it for best practices. What, Yoast? Yes.
1: Oh, right. Okay. So it actually looks like, it's still it's a WordPress backend that I'm going into.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a WordPress website. It's Fully website. And uh, we basically package Yoast and a whole boatload of like premium WordPress plugins. I think one of the big questions actually that we have with the platform here, we actually, the, the, one of the limits here, that's going to be hard for people who coming from anyone who's accustomed to managing on a WordPress website is, just, you know, you have your choice of any of, you know, 20,000 WordPress plugins or 20,000 WordPress themes. The Imagely Sites platform will limit that, you know, for security and speed and other things. So You'll get what we preload. So I think one of the big discussions that we have going on right now about how to structure that for maximum appeal is you use Yoast, but maybe someone else uses all-in-one SEO, right? So do we put both of those on the platform and let the user choose? Or do we just put Yoast on the platform and encourage people toward the use of Yoast, right? And you can ask that same question about, you know, which WordPress form plugin are you going to use? Which WordPress security plugins are you going to use? Which, you know, you know, there's all these, and whatever the area is, there's, you know, usually you know, a handful of popular plugins. But yeah, definitely, it's just a straight WordPress site with WordPress plugins, the best-in-class WordPress plugins in each area pre-installed including a lot of premium ones, probably thousands of dollars worth of premium plugins on the platform that you can use.
0: And we're pre-configuring many of them already. Like Yoast, for example, is already pre-configured for best practices. We do that with a handful of the plugins that we've installed.
1: I like that. That's, That's such a time saver. That's so good. So again, let me ask you the question, who do you see coming over? You said newer photographers. Who is the other group of photographers you see using this service?
0: Uh, newer photographers and also photographers that might have used WordPress at one point and got annoyed with maintenance and they went over to a Squarespace or a show it those people who are also paying, for example, uh, you know, have it to have pixie Set or Shootproof or smug mug alongside that. Maybe they're, you know, now that they they're paying for two services every month or annually and they want to go back to WordPress, they see the value of it and we'll have that solution for them to come back and They'll have a page builder that they can drag and drop and do that kind of stuff. They'll have the, the e-commerce aspect and then they'll have the SEO and the WordPress. So all everything right there.
1: It sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let me just change topics slightly and uh, just bring it around to a bit of general business stuff. So Eric, I guess this one's aimed at you to start with. As a photographer, if I'm thinking or one of my listeners is thinking about going into a new genre or setting up a studio or moving to a new area, there's a few things to consider and they're always you know, second guessing or questioning themselves whether this is going to work. I mean, here's you guys. You guys are in one of the most competitive spaces and you decide to build these new plugins and you've got to take on these other big guys. What goes through your head to think to, to even decide to go ahead with this? <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, I often think of business as being very simple, but not always easy. And it's simple in the sense that if you want to succeed, you really need just two things. You need product excellence or service excellence, whatever however that's defined for us. It might be the software for a photographer, it might be the quality of their, you know, composition and their post processing. And so you need product excellence and then you need, you know, good marketing, right? So if you have product excellence, and then you can take that excellent product and get it in front of lots of relevant eyeballs, I think in most cases, you could be successful, right? So in that sense, it's simple. I think the thing that's, it's not, I say simple, but not easy because in any business area, product excellence is not necessarily easy to achieve. In software, it's hard to achieve in its own way for photographers it can be take you know potentially years of working at craft to produce product excellence and not even just craft but even sourcing where you get your prints done or how you do albums or other things like that right there's so many components to product excellence that just achieving that one thing is already pretty hard right but if you do get product excellence, then it becomes a marketing thing. I, you have so much content about how to approach that. I feel like on your site that, you know, I, we could, we, we could kind of go there, but you know, there, I think there's a lot of. You know, well-tested, well-understood approaches for photographers in different areas about how to dive in, build up customer base and do the necessary promotion and drive traffic and all of that sort of thing. Right. So, yeah, but for me, it ultimately comes out of those two things, regardless of what business area in. product excellence, and then, you know, you've got to go market it.
1: So in regards to products, I mean, you talked about being or having a product that is excellent. Do you think it's more important to have an excellent product or a different product? Oh, man! you
2: ask the good questions, don't you? I think you can win both ways. I guess I would say that. I think you can win via product excellence and you can win via differentiation if you happen to have both even better right but I think the big question here I think we'd all agree you know product you know differentiation is a good thing, so I think product excellence is like an underlying necessity, right so you've got to have that whether you want to compete in an existing market with a product that's you know kind of similar but you know, good, or you want to compete in a slightly different niche or, you know, position yourself differently. You still, you must have product excellence, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I think that's like a, a necessity. And then I do, I love your point. I'll say that much because I think it adds a lot, you know, for me, it's like that question of, you know, where you place yourself and position yourself is like a combination of a product question And a marketing question, I said there's two things, right? But, you know, that's kind of a little bit of both, right? You know, picking a a market to focus on and it kind of interacts with product in that way. So, yeah, I think it's a great question and I'd love to have, I think both are great, but yeah, you definitely need product excellence. Sure.
1: What do you think, Scott? Like if you were talking to an up-and-coming photographer that had good work, would you tell them to focus on being different or to be better?
0: Oh, man. Uh, I think it would depend on the... Genre of photography the photographer is focusing on and what the photographer's goals are because...
1: Okay, let's say it's a family photographer looking to to make a living out of their photography.
0: Yeah, I would say just be excellent at what you're doing at that point because everybody and their mother is a family photographer now, uh, sadly, right? Everybody has an iPhone. (laughs) Yeah. And you're now competing with everybody's mother and their aunt and their uncle, and everybody else, right? And it's sad, but that's the truth. So if you can be excellent at family photography and make a good living doing it, then do it. And on your free time, sure, try to be unique and create something spectacular beyond that. But do it because you want to and you love it and not because you think that's going to make you more money, right? Mm. Uh, You can be happy and successful and just be excellent at what you do in that genre.
1: For sure. So then, it comes down to marketing, doesn't it? Oh yeah. And I know, I know. Eric talked or mentioned that the podcast, X, and we we cover a lot of marketing there. Are you seeing anything recently that has got you know piqued your interest? You think you know that, that's where I would go if I had some money to spend on marketing.
0: I think this is sort of a sort of a good direction to go as far as social media goes because. Social media really is the place where you can really connect with your target audience, right? You can connect with the people who already have hired you, and you can connect with people that are just like the people who have already hired you. So I think that a big thing is just being very, very active on social media and on the social media channels, the networks that your audience, where they spend their time, which may not necessarily be Pinterest, It may not necessarily be LinkedIn. It depends on where your audience is, what your genre is. And strategically being active on those social channels, but by not wasting too much of your time, because then you're costing yourself money, right? (laughs) So I like to say, and I do this for my photography business. I do this at Imagely. I like to say that it's good for photographers and businesses to semi-automate their social media. And by doing so, And I'll explain what I mean by that. But by doing so, you're saving yourself money, you're being active, and it frees up time where you can do other things, either spending time with your family or spending time doing something else in your business to make money, right? So for example, sort of stepping back a little bit, if you free up time from doing all the social media marketing that you were doing manually all the time, now you can spend more time experimenting and doing something more unique than you might have been Otherwise, because you didn't have the
1: time for it, right? Love it. So what do you mean by semi-automate?
0: Yeah. So basically, the strategy is to use a service that... Uh, and I'm going to relate this to WordPress because I'm a WordPress guy and I like to relate things to WordPress. So you first, use a service. So the service I use is called Buffer. There's tons of services like this, but Buffer is what I use. It allows me to add different social channels. I can add Facebook pages, Facebook groups, I can add LinkedIn page, a LinkedIn profile, a Pinterest account, I can add Instagram, I can add Twitter, and there's a bunch, right? The one thing they don't have yet, which I'm really waiting for is Google My Business. Once they have that, I'll be very, very happy. But basically, in Buffer, you set up a queue. So you set up this posting schedule queue, where on this day, at these times, it's going to post... And then on the next day, on these times, it's going to post and you set it up based on what you feel is going to be the most popular based on either analytics or or one of like Facebook tells you flat out what the best, you know, day and time to post is based on your page's likes. So um, and Twitter is now doing that as well. So you can find this out, set it up and you set it up once. And then here's where it gets really fun because you can add to your buffer in a browser. You can go to buffer.com. You can add a Chrome extension, a Safari extension. You can do it on your phone. You can add the app and do it on your phone. But you can also install a plugin and there's a free, just like how we have a free and a paid plugin. There's also a free and a paid plugin of the plugin I'm about to say. It's called WP WordPress to Buffer. And then there's a paid version, which is WP to Buffer Pro. And depending on how many social networks you have in your Buffer account and how fine-tuned you want to make your schedule on the WordPress side, you might want the the pro version. And I use the pro version because of how, how detailed I can get. But basically what I do is I set up, again, another schedule on the WordPress side in this plugin. And every time I post from my WordPress site it will send out to my buffer account at my specific schedule. And what it winds up doing is when I publish one blog post, I have two months worth of social media content across all my platforms automatically scheduled and all I have to do is sit back and watch it all just post. And then I can free up the time to spend with my family and I can free up the time to now not worry about posting on the fly and instead responding to any comment that come up, any engagement that those social posts get. So that's why
1: hang on a second. <laughs> hang on. So you publish a blog post. Yep. You have the plugin, WP to buffer. What does it do? Does it just create a like a, a placeholder type post to go to each of those networks? Do you customize those posts?
0: Yes, you do customize them. So you set up the schedule you want on the WordPress side. And it kind of is similar to the buffer side, except you can say, you know, post this immediately, which will still go through buffer, but it'll post immediately through buffer. You can say, add it to the top of my buffer queue, add it to the bottom of my buffer queue, add it to my buffer queue 29 days and four hours later. You know, you can be very specific about it if you want to. And you also say what you want the post to come out as with merge tags. You know, you can have the first tweet that goes out or the first Instagram that goes out saying, you know, I just published a new blog post and with new photographs, here's the name of it. And then use the excerpt from your WordPress blog post as like a little description of it and a link. And you can even like, I even have mine do an emoji with an arrow and it says, um, it has the link, which you can't click an Instagram post. Then it says, uh, or click on at Imagely link in bio. Right. And it automatically does this. I don't have to do it every single time. It's doing it for me and it's doing it on a schedule and it's, uh, you know, just fills up the buffer queue automatically for me when I hit publish. It's just a beautiful thing.
1: Okay. I know you're a tech wizard, a bit of a nerd. Is, is this, are we going to be able to do this ourselves or is it?
0: Is this... Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably take somebody, I would say, because you have to set up the buffer side first and then the plugin, I would say you set it up once and maybe an hour or two. And then after you do that, you don't even have to think about it.
1: Wow. Well, okay. Just let me go back again one sec. So you, you create your blog post, you have the plugin, and then you just modify the copy for each of the different social platforms using slightly so they fit in.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, for example, Twitter has a very specific guidelines that you can't have the same tweet more than once. So, yes, you have to fine tune it. If you have multiple Twitter accounts, they have to be different. And if you want to add it to Twitter more than once on each account, you have to make sure each one's different. So, for example, you could post the same blog post more than once. And even have the tweet as just the title of the blog post and just change like whatever hashtag you have in that template. Mm -hmm. So, you know, each, each tweet is just that, I mean, you should really be more specific than that if you can, but that's how basic you could be if you really want to.
1: So if I write an evergreen blog post that I think is about, um, you know, so getting married in winter and I've got some tips, my top tips for getting married in winter and I want that to go at every winter or a couple of times each winter, can I do that?
0: Uh, so you can't say winter, you can't do it by seasons, but... No, no, no. But I can pick a date or a time. You can, you can pick a amount of days after the blog post was published. Okay. Of when you want to go, if you want to be that specific. But there is also in the pro version, the paid version, there's also a, they call it a, a rebuffer where you can automatically have the blog content that you've already published republished to your buffer feed automatically, you know, once every 21 days or whatever you want. So it'll just constantly, you know, because resharing your content is good because people may not have seen it the first time.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Especially for that kind of evergreen content that you mentioned. Yes. You know, you yes. want to get bang for buck out of that content
1: when you put the effort into producing it. Absolutely. I'd like to share that every winter, multiple times every winter, that particular post, mm-hmm. for example, and other posts I could share multiple times every year.
0: Yeah. Same plugin also has a uh, bulk publish, which let's say there was a group of, of blog posts that you had tagged or in a category, whichever as winter, right? These are blog posts that you know that every winter you want to republish, you can actually use this bulk publish feature and filter by any blog post that has the tag winter and automatically add all those back to your buffer in one shot.
1: Okay, this is in the WP to buffer plugin.
0: In the paid version, you can do that. Both the, the rebuffer and also the bulk publish.
1: Right, okay. Very cool. Yep. Awesome. So it sounds like social media, that's still for you. That's the number one play to stay in front of your target audience.
0: I mean, uh, you know, from the last time I was on your podcast and we talked about lead generation, I feel that social media is part of the lead generation process. Social media is not necessarily going to be a quick conversion, but it's in theory, you know, you still have to put money behind it a lot of times, but it's free for the most part. And it's powerful because your clients are there. They're there on a daily basis and it just may be different channel depending on who you are and who your client is, but they're there on a daily basis and you're basically talking with them directly. So yeah, it's, it's powerful.
1: Cool. Eric, what about you? Are you involved with the social media side over at Imagely at all? No, I mean, a
2: little bit here and there, but Scott does most of it. He's very good at it, by the way. He just delivered like a, a waterfall of social media management on WordPress content yeah. there, Scott. he's yeah.
1: <laughs> <Nice, So>, amazing. <laughs> um,
2: but uh, yeah, no, Scott's, he's both good at it. Uh, Scott's got a knack for making these kind of things efficient. It's like kind of part of his DNA sometimes. So, so you know, he's quite good at it. I will say on the broader point, I think for me as a, like a business owner, I always think of everything as multiple channels, right? And again, I hesitate to even dive into this because again, yes, there's so much like rich, good content on this that I don't know that we could do like justice to the you know the topic uh, in, a, in such a kind of a small chunk of a conversation here. But for me, it always comes down to multiple channels, and I again, I think they in the photography space. There's lots of. You know, well-established, well-known channels with lots of best practices that you can adopt. You know, we're talking about social, but you know, you might have SEO stuff, various kinds of in-person stuff, different ways of you know doing things for you know local business optimization on the various platforms for that. You know, uh, referral type things, the way in which you manage your customer base and extend that out. There's just there's so many different things, and you know, for me, I would always you know, I'd say you know, if you pick up a strategy that adopts all of those. By the way. I haven't been able to let go of your question earlier about, you know, whether it's (laughs) marketing. So I think I finally got how I would say it. I I feel like without product excellence, you don't get off the ground, right? You can do whatever you want. You can differentiate market to your heart's content, but if you don't have product excellence, it's just ultimately you won't get traction, right? You won't get, off, right? That's true. So that's the starting point with that. If you have a good mind for marketing and you're pursuing all these multiple channels and you're doing it with a fair amount of excellence, you can probably get off the ground there and you you probably have the makings of a business, right? I think what, uh, now I was calling it differentiation, you might call it branding or positioning. I'm trying to remember the exact word that you had used when you asked the question,
1: what was that? I think it was just um, having a point of difference.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So differentiation, but you know, basically you think about it, like what that means. It might be a particular target market that you're going after. It might be a particular way that you, you brand yourself so that it has like a particular emotional appeal or connection to a particular target market. Right. But when you get that just right, when you get that, that branding and that differentiation, just right for me, like it supercharges every marketing channel. Right. So all of a sudden your SEO becomes more effective. Your social media becomes more effective. Everything that you do now becomes more effective because you have a, a strong brand that's compelling and interesting to people and you're taking that brand and you're putting it in front of a particular target market that it's designed to appeal to, right? And so you get that kind of beautiful kind of synergy there where everything starts to work. So like, you know, I feel like what happens there is you get, you know, you basically turbocharge everything else, right? When you get that particular piece, right? So, I, sorry, it kind of took us back to that question. but I think that's how I would think about how those
1: work together. No, but I agree. Look, I'm glad you did. And I think it's an important thing to think about, and an important consideration for anyone in business. I mean, it's almost refreshing to hear you say that it takes excellence because excellence to me feels easier to achieve than being different, certainly in photography terms these days. It just feels like it's so hard, so difficult to stand out and be different. Whereas I can train and become excellent and I can do the marketing.
2: Right, right. Yeah. And then if you can find a way to differentiate on top of it, you get uh, like, it's like a special sauce that just elevates everything else. Right? Yeah. That's the
1: secret, isn't it? That's that little secret ingredient at the end. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Guys, I think that's a perfect place to leave this. You guys have been amazing. I'm looking forward to hearing more about the plugin, seeing other photographers use it, installing and trying it myself. I'm keen to see how it works on my side and for my clients. So massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything that you did. Where is the best place for the listener to go to learn more?
0: the best place would be imagele dot com Everything is there we've got you know a ton of information about the products and you can even sign up to find out when imagely sites is out of beta and ready for new customers and we've also got you know a blog there we've got our own podcasts
2: and so lots going on there every place yep. if people have questions you can you know find the blog post and comment or Scott will end up actually, you know, Scott's always on social
1: media. So if you ping us, you'll probably end up hearing directly from him too. Nice. Nice. The podcast, that's 100% focused on WordPress, um, but it's not only about Imagely, is it?
0: You're correct. So, I mean, yes and no, is it 100% WordPress? I like to say that it's about the online business of photographers. So because I say that, we do actually talk about like the episode, the most recent one was about uh, somebody moving to show it and her reasons why she has a show at website and a WordPress blog side by side. And we talked about why she did and why she didn't have to. Um, <laughs> so, but, um, but uh, just to, yeah, anyway, go listen to the episode. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, so we talk about a lot of things and we've talked about Squarespace a bunch of times actually. So.
1: Oh, very cool. All right. I'll add links to the podcast, obviously to Imagely, to the plugin and also to the turnkey solutions once they're up and running as well. So guys, massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything you did. Thank you. thanks you.
0: That was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me back as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Scott and Eric from Imagely. Guys, if you're listening, thank you again so much for coming on and sharing everything you did. It really does sound exciting what you guys have been working on. I love the idea of having something on my website to sell my photography rather than taking my clients off to another platform entirely, particularly if it's going to help my SEO. It means I can control everything. I can't be held hostage by another service. And the idea of print fulfillment directly from my website is very, very cool. So again, thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing what you did. For you, the listener, I hope you did get as much as I did from Scott and Eric. What are your thoughts on the new WordPress plugin? What are your thoughts on having a turnkey website? What about selling directly from your own WordPress website? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let me know in the comments area. Maybe you've got a question for Scott or Eric. Post them there in the comments area as well, which you'll find at the very bottom of the show notes at photobizx.com forward slash tpx26. And again, in those show notes, I've got links to anything and everything that the guys mentioned, including a brand new comparison tool that's just been released. Uh, I've got a link to the tool, but if you go to imagely.com forward slash comparison, you can actually select the service that you're currently using, whether it's Smug Mug, Zenfolio, Photo Shelter, Pixie Set, etc., put in the number or the amount of print sales that you're making each year. It can be a rough guess, a rough estimate if you don't know exactly. And in their little pricing calculator, you'll see exactly how much you'll save if you decide to go with the Imagely plugin. Pretty cool. Really, really simple to use. And of course, I would love to hear your feedback on this style of interview. Are there other products and services that you'd like to hear about? Do you want to hear these kinds of interviews on the Photography Experiment podcast feed or have them delivered on your Photobizx feed? What's your preference? Do you have any products or services that you'd like me to have on the show? Well, <laughs> maybe not the product or service itself, but the people behind the product or service. Would you like me to dive in depth on something that you've been considering but don't know a lot about? Whatever it is, throw your ideas at me. This Photography Podcast and PhotoBizX X ultimately are for you, the listener. So help me to help you by giving me some feedback let me know your thoughts. You can do that in the comments area. You can shoot me an email. It's andrew at photobizx.com. Or if you're a premium member of PhotobizX, by all means, let's start a chat inside the members Facebook group. Alrighty, that is it for this episode. I plan to be back sooner than I was last time around. But until then, have a fantastic week and I will chat to you soon. Bye for now.
0: You've been listening to the Photo Experiment Podcast with Andrew Helmich, brought to you by PhotobizX, the podcast to help you build a successful portrait and wedding photography business. To learn more, head to photobizx.com.